0: People in the street have incredible stories. This is Electric People Podcast. Welcome to Street Stories. Ryan Kelsey, East Bay office here in California. You're here with uh, with me and with Ty Mickelson, your director. Uh, stoked to be here, man. Thanks for having me, man. This is quite the opportunity. Yeah, pretty cool energy in the room today. Team's growing. Yeah. Um, you've become a squad leader Recently, right? Yeah, about a month and a half, two months ago. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like you're doing great. It's fun that it's fun. And we just kinda want to hear, you know, go through the story. Like what how did you actually what's your story getting here to Sunrun? Mm. Uh where'd you start?
1: Where did I start? Well, I've done a lot of different things, uh diesel mechanic for over a decade. I worked in healthcare for over a decade. How'd you get into diesel mechanic? That was, uh, so that was my father's business. He owns a charter bus company. In fact, he just sold the business in March is going to be his first month of, of not having that after 50 years. Oh, wow. So that's incredible. But, uh, as a kid, just like being a latchkey kid, um, I used to get myself to and from school. So I'd ride my bike to his business and like, he'd always give me little projects to work on. What kind of stuff? Naturally, I just got better and better at holding tools. Um, at first, it was like pounding nails just to keep me busy. Um, that goes back to he's like, he's like, hey, go pound some nails
0: on that board yeah, over there. He would literally give me like, oh, that was the cheapest paper a box.
1: That was when they would pick me up. So I was in elementary school and they'd bring me to the business. My parents both worked there and uh, he'd just give me a box of nails and a hammer. And like, there's these wooden ramps that you pull the, the big buses up onto so you can like get under them and service them and everything. And he'd just like, they are just like pounding nails into the wood. Wow. I'd do it for hours. Yeah. You know, and then and then he'd move on to the next thing. As he saw that, I got bored. So months and months and years being there, uh, learned a lot of different things. So that's the cool. point where I was. I think I was 12 years old when I ripped the first Sierra Detroit motor out of a bus with the transmission attached to it using a forklift. No way. Oh, you,
0: you were 12? Yeah. Operating a forklift? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. His yeah, head mechanic
1: Craig Lane um and myself just I was the little monkey who could like climb up in the engine
0: compartment and unhook all the hoses and wires and stuff. Yeah. So dude, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so twelve years old, and then how did that evolve?
1: Uh it, it kind of turned into like, you know, here's how to use this tool, here's how to use that tool. And then, you know, just evolving to like getting more complex projects. Yeah. Um and then I ended up working for him. I became his uh, shop manager, I think, when I was 18 years old. And then I was kind of balancing that in college. I wasn't the best in school. so And he had to think he knew. So when I'd come home from the summer, he would just put me straight to work. And that was where I found my happy place. Oh, cool. Yeah.
0: And then how'd you get into the medical industry from there?
1: Uh, my mom's side kind of pushed me. She's like, you know, you got to figure something else out. You're not going to be wrenching the whole time. Yeah, so um, she she kind of pushed me to, I went and got my ENT license. Um, I was pretty good at that. So then I was like, well, let's take it a step further. Maybe I should try to go to nursing school. And again, the academia wasn't great. <laughs> but, Have a hard time sitting still? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, so then I, I just went to phlebotomy school and learned how to draw blood. That was like an eight-week course or something like that. And you can make pretty good money. So I did that for 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Phlebotomy in a hospital. blood in a hospital, doing rounds on the floors. Uh, And you were working at Kaiser? Kaiser, Oakland. Cool. Mm -hmm. The old building. So I'd go walk the stairs every time. I would never take the elevator. Just that way I could kind of find some sort of cadence and rhythm in my day.
0: Yeah. And then how did that transition into this? Um, So I was... Basketball. I wasn't real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for both. I wasn't super stoked, uh, you know, doing that job. It kind of became like flipping burgers, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, mean, I could draw blood on like up to 125 people in a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was pretty good at it. It's like a little miniature sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think I did. Um, so you're cranking through that. So I was cranking through that. And, uh, and I was getting bored. You know, there's just no more challenge. Yeah. You know, I didn't see any like room to grow to go up. And, uh, I just finished building my house. Um, a few friends of mine and a couple of subcontractors that I built this house and I needed to landscape the front yard. And like, when I do something, like I need to understand it to be able to, to accomplish it, to Mm -hmm. be able to do it. Okay. It's just the way that I operate. And so I'm like, well, let's take some classes on plants. So I'm like doing night school at the local JC and doing Kaiser during the day and, I see, you know, like my teachers are like, yeah, you're pretty good at this. Have you ever thought of starting a landscape business? No, not really. So then I kind of started doing my yard and I really enjoyed it. Food. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. So then I. So the hands on part.
0: Yeah. Like from hand mm-hmm. you dirt,
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of reconnecting from my childhood. Um, just like being a doer. Yeah. You know, we call ourselves doers. Yeah. family. Um so then I started a landscape business and I was just doing weekends still working at the hospital and then I started picking up fewer shifts fewer shifts because I'm working doing more land right yeah Uh, so I did that for about three and a half years and then uh, a company found me a big company and and they basically said like we'll just absolve you we'll just buy your company and like you come work for us as a project manager Oh, cool bid landscapes manage them and I'm like yeah that sounds great like you're the bank and I'm I'm the business. Yeah. So I did that for about three and a half years and it was January. It was actually, I think it was the first Friday of January of 2020. We kind of just came back after the new year holiday and, uh, the guy who hired me was not typically around. Like he was all over the Bay area and he happened to be there that day and I was surprised to see him. And, uh, he brought me into the office with my manager and i thought it was going to be like hey where are we going to lunch yeah so, and he's like hey just just gonna shoot you straight man we're gonna lay you off and i was like oh, okay like
0: that's else awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and he's, he's <laughs> like, completely surprised it was a complete surprise and you didn't know at the time but that was pretty bad timing to get laid off because yeah. COVID was the next month COVID so it was
1: yeah i mean that was like the first week of january wow and uh And then, yeah, COVID lockdown in California happened, like, what, March 17th or something like that. So, what did I do? I called my dad, uh, like any young man would do. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, Pops, uh, I just got laid off, and it's literally a half hour after this happened. I said, I'll I'll come to your business, and I'll do whatever you need me to do. I'll clean your shop. I'll wash your buses. If you need to put a wrench in my hand, you can put a wrench in my hand. And he's like yeah maybe. maybe you know i could kind of hear him on the other end of the boat which by the way this man owned a pager up until <laughs> <not> <laughs> last year last year i'm not kidding that's yeah um, he got his first iphone for christmas <laughs> no way 2022 <laughs> okay. as a retirement gift that's uh, crazy Andrew. a man who ran a business for 50 years wow
0: um we always made fun of him like he's
1: some kind of doctor
0: yeah yeah <laughs> weird our kids are gonna do that to us too I know when we don't adopt the new technology <laughs> <laughs> They'll, yeah there'll be something
2: for sure and you guys have family page dad will you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was the most annoying thing too because you page him, and I mean you guys all had pages at some point I'm sure paging like so inefficient you can page but did it go through right so when you needed to get a hold of my dad
0: you had to page him twice Wow like back to back. I wouldn't even know, honestly, I wouldn't even know how to pay someone. Like I don't even know how to do it. So, yeah. That's yeah. such a different world. So you called your dad and and he said, I don't, you, he said, I don't know what, what, what ended up happening there. Uh, he said, I could pay you cash and it wasn't very much.
1: <laughs> it was 18 bucks an hour. Um, you know, and I, at this point I've got like a, a two-year-old son uh, and I'm just like, whatever, I need money. Right, yeah. You know, So, uh, you know, I should probably step back because it was a week before that I got laid off that Jeremy Rosenval came to my sister's house in Martinez. I'm there with my wife, just taking measurements for, uh, building her a gate. She had just built a house. Mm -hmm. And so I'm helping her with all these little, you know, like honey do's to try to wrap things up. And, uh, so I'm sitting there like measuring the stuff on the side of her house and I see this guy walking up with this, you know, weird get up in his step and he's pounding on her door and I like look over and he's like 40 yards away from me. And I'm like, Hey, um, get out of here, man. Like whatever you're selling, she doesn't want any. <laughs> and he sees me and he's like, ah, oh. and he walks over and, uh, he starts talking to me and my wife's there cause we just stopped there for yeah. you know like 20 minutes or whatever he starts talking to me and he starts asking me questions he starts talking to my wife and he's asking her questions and i'm like what does this guy want (laughs) Uh, and like probably 20 minutes into the conversation he says you know have you ever thought of going door to door like you you seem like you'd be pretty good at this and i'm like no way man like i've done a great job i've got a company car i'm on salary my 401k at that that time was matching at 22%. Wow, it was great. And I'm like, there's no way. There's just no way I would do that. And he's like, well, if you know how much money we made, you might consider it. And I'm like, you're full of it. There's no way you're making that much money. And uh, he ended up talking to me for the better part of what I remember was about an hour and a half. Wow. And during that conversation, my mom pulled up And she was gonna meet us there so she could hand off my son. And so Jeremy starts talking to my mom. And he asked my mom point blank, after 15 minutes of chat with her, like, do you think your son can go door to door?
0: No way, it's almost like he saw it in you. Like he he like zeroed in and honed in and saw that in you, right? Yeah, And, and I was just trying to deflect him the whole time. Because I don't think that Jeremy was like going door-to-door to recruit people. No, so he like no. he like saw something there. He, yeah, he saw it's something. It's really cool. And
1: my mom flat out said, there's no way that he would do that. There's no way he'd even be good at doing it. No way. It's just so no annoying. Way. Wow. And then you fast forward literally like one week to the day uh, where I get laid off. Crazy. Right?
0: Yeah. I got laid off a week after I met Jeremy. Dude, the universe like zeroed in on you. They put like jeremy is a heat-seeking missile to <laughs> yeah to bring you refer to what you doing with my intervention if you yeah that's amazing it was amazing uh so when you get laid off you call your dad. Call my dad was was jeremy on your mind not the day that i called my dad um
1: but i think so that was a friday and and then i think the next day so i told my dad i'll start monday mm-hmm. and i took the weekend to kind of regroup and just be with my wife and my son and Uh, Probably not feeling pretty stressed. I was feeling a little stressed, you know, and we hadn't had, you know, COVID wasn't really a thing yet, Um, but I was kind of wondering like, what's my next, what's my next step? I got to update my resume and kind of start putting stuff out there and and, uh, I'm sure Jeremy popped into my head a couple of times, but it was very minimal. And then I went to the shop, which was it's it's like the black hole it's like totally dark Yeah, you know, <laughs> this huge bus shop you were in the pit i'm in the pit man and uh i'm sweeping up like grease sweep and i'm i'm reorganizing stuff and it's just chaos and i can't handle it and uh every day i was there i kept thinking like i should call that guy and see if uh maybe he should come and share with me what what he's doing yeah day three i'm like f it and i call him <laughs> Ryan I go home I told my wife I'm going to call that guy and she's like "Yeah, you have nothing to lose you know and so fast forward you know and I think I called him or he came to my house it was kind of crazy because it was like Friday I got laid off Uh, the next Friday I called Jeremy and then the following Friday Jeremy's at my house wow yeah you know and he's at my house with Will Etiaki who's another rep who was uh, newer at the time Mm -hmm. sitting down at my kitchen table kind of going through the account creation. And uh, he was also showing me from his perspective what it's like to sit down at the table. So he wasn't just selling me solar. Yeah. He's like, hey, this is how the job works. That's cool. It was really cool. And then Will talked to me for a little bit
0: and share with me his story, which if you asked me, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah. But it was it's always helpful when you're coming in to hear the success story of another rep who's in it right now. Absolutely. Like you can see the DMs and you can see the directors and you can like hear from them and see like, well, yeah, I mean, they're the leaders. So obviously they're successful. Well, what about my peers? So when you can see another story of someone who just came into it and like they've, like they can tell you what they're experiencing, it's so much more powerful, right? Absolutely. I feel like that's a huge part of like recruiting and building a team is always having that person who you can point to, who's like the, who's a success story. And the more of those you can have, the more powerful that that becomes for the group, you know? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause I knew that Will was newer,
1: you know, they told me how long he'd been doing it and he told me his story and he's, was just so humbled by it. He was just like, this is great. Yeah. You know, and he, I don't even think he was making like life changing money. at yeah,
0: that point. That's amazing. So you start here in January kind of towards the end of january COVID hits in march so it, but you you know it's kind of crazy because for a lot of people who started right before COVID, didn't have like a customer base didn't have you know like a pipeline or anything yeah. like you come in you hit COVID, but it drove a lot of people out but for you you had a different kind of reaction to it i did <clears throat> uh tommy hogan was was a,
1: a key rep here in concord east bay and it's it's funny, I never talked to him when I come to the, the correlations. I just knew he was like a top dog. He mm. was somebody to be reckoned with. And the first day of shutdown was the day I was flying back from Hawaii for a little family vacation. And we actually changed our vacation plans to get home so we didn't get stuck. Yeah. So we fly home and the next day Tommy Hogan calls me. And I'm like, why is Tommy Hogan calling me? And he says, hey. Um, I don't know how long this is going to happen, but like everything's changed right now. We can't go out, we can't knock on doors. You have something in you that I think um, I need to tap into. And, I, and he said, I think we can work together during this. So I want to sit down and talk to you and just get to know you. Tell me a little bit about yourself, where you came from, all this. And then I'll tell you about me. And I'm thinking the whole time, like what is happening right now? but okay, I'll go along with it, Yeah, you know? And so we're on the phone for about an hour, and uh, he says, look, we're just gonna be accountability partners, if that's okay with you. He said, I I know you're smart, I know you can get through this, and he said, if we work together, we'll figure this out. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And I was, you know, just starting out, I'm like like Mm -hmm. knocking doors for what, a month and a half? Most, barely even know how to use my calendar. And he's like, so what time every day do you want to check in? And I'm just like, oh, crap, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I actually have to be accountable to this. Guy. Right. And so I told him, like, um, we could do, like, at 9 a.m. Like, every day. And so we did. We checked in over the phone uh, at 9 a.m. every day. And we kind of figured out, like, what are we going to do? And we would learn how to Zoom. And we would practice sharing our screens with one another. We would write emails um, because corporate, if you were, yeah, they were yeah. sending out, like, these are accounts that were created. These yeah. are leads. Mm-hmm. So we would construct these emails that were like marketing emails. And um, we had these really cool exercises where, you know, he'd send an email. He'd tell me to read it. And then he'd tell me to turn around in my chair and then close my eyes and tell him three things that I
0: remember. Wow. And I would do that. And then he and we would, we would write this down. It's amazing. This is like really intentional effort. Yeah. Operation you guys were putting into it. It, it, and at the time, I was just going along with the ride. Yeah. Like, but as we
1: were getting into it, I realized like, this is how we're going to make it. This is how we're going to be able to
0: succeed. And you were one of the top closing reps in the company during COVID, according to Chance Allred. Yeah, which you didn't even really know, right? Not until my combine trip, like right a year later. Yeah, you're on the combine yeah. trip, yeah. and Chance and yeah. Tyre sitting "Now, what you saying? How'd you how'd you do it?" Yeah. I don't even think you recognized it. I had no idea. But it makes me think about you know like when you people will laugh if they know me, but I talk about Steph Curry a lot because he's a guy that like looking at him, he shouldn't be he shouldn't be as successful as he is with his physical attributes, right? right. You look at LeBron and you're like, well yeah, of course that guy is going to be amazing, right? But you look at Steph, it's like six three, skinny, and uh, but when you the, the way he prepares. The way that, and Kobe was that way too, like the way they prepare before the game, like it, it's so intentional. And so just as you were thinking, as you were saying that, I think sometimes people don't prepare in this job before they like get out on the doors. They don't practice their pitch. They don't, they don't actually practice objections, right? And so when they get out and the first time they're handling an objection for the day is when they're on the doors, it's like it's a significant disadvantage when they know you're only going to get seven objections on the doors. You know what they are. So why don't you practice before you get out there, what you're going to say so that when it comes, it's automatic, right? Yeah. So you were kind of doing that, like building that muscle memory for, you know, something that you hadn't done before with the zoom closes.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, the, the other key thing that I think led to our success, cause he was probably just as successful, uh, as I was, um, and he came up with the idea was to just get a coffee mug and stack 25 pennies on your desk in stacks of five. And he said, every time you make a phone call, you drop a penny in the mug. And he goes, Ryan, not only is it one less call that you have to make, but it's the sound of money mm. hitting the jar. Wow. And it's like you're banking money. Dude, that's awesome. And it was just so impactful. Yeah. And there's so much more behind it. Uh, And so that's what I did. I love it that. was 25 pennies and I could get through it by noon or I could get through it by five, but either way I had to do my 25 pennies.
0: It's cool because then after COVID, you um, you won the rally yep. in your division, yep. right? And you were on fire. I was on a- fire. You were on fire <laughs> during that time, right? Yeah. What do you do when you're on fire? Stop, drop, and roll. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you were a mom. So yeah. you were getting you were you were hammering it, and then you had to you had to come down after that, right? Big time. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was very
1: emotional. I think like because you're you're operating on like adrenaline and dopamine and serotonin and everything in your pituitary gland is just like mm-hmm. it's just releasing just to keep you functioning because you're functioning at such a high level. Um, I mean, it would be like Steph Curry, if he physically can just play in a game for like a wink, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, you're exhausted. But I remember like, I could remember every single person's name. I almost could remember their photo like, that's how Dying. like dialed my brain was. And then once the rally was over, um, I just like stripped this, this thing off of me and I just, I just fell apart. Mm. So how did you put the pieces back
0: together once that happened?
1: Uh, Tommy Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because he said he got kicked out of his division in the rally a week before finals. uh, So he made it to the semis. And he kept telling me, Ryan, uh, you're going to be exhausted, but keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. pushing. I'm here for you if you need anything. And then once you're done, we'll figure out how to build ourselves back up. And when we were done... Um, we just what well, we would go flying yeah so we would just do things in life that were just a lot of fun uh because you were so down and out from draining yourself of all well, so this you got to
0: recharge you got to recharge so yeah we we went and got the 300 hundred dollar hamburger and half moon bay yeah that's awesome you know? <laughs> <laughs> that's great and i think i think it goes to you know the thing we talk about with like getting into like a rhythm like being rhythmic and consistent in the job because if you sprint for too long, you will burn out. Like you only have so much energy, right? And yeah. so being able to like show up and be rhythmic and consistent day to day and having your daily resets, you know, so that you're not pushing too hard. It's that whole kind of 20 mile march, you know, idea. I thought
2: for you is, so just if you are to give any reps, any advice that are on the fence or because you know, considering leaving or they don't see the future of Sundaran, um or they struggle going door to door, I guess, you know, well what advice would you give them that are just they need a mentor, they need somebody right now that can, you know, infuse confidence in them and stuff. What would you say to that person that their family needs them, they need to pay their bills, but what would you what would you say to them right now?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, can I share, Dan? Or should I share? Yeah, you can share, absolutely. <laughs> It's, it's every, it's the journey of every rep, man. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, that's a great question, Ty. I think that my answer is to speak up, right? Speak up. But there's more to it than that. It's, it's not speak up to the people who are sitting to your left or to your right in correlation. Cause your peers are not the, the right people to have that conversation with. Speak up, meaning go to your captain, go to your squad leader, go to your DMs, um, Call Tyler Mickelson, you know, um, I mean, I've been down that road, right, where I started getting in the me 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 mindset because I felt like i'm hey, I'm proving myself, and like I don't see like I'm going anywhere and I'm making really good money, but you're starting to look over the fence and see other people are making better money. um how are they doing that? Why am I not in that position and and so then you start you start looking outside
0: your your company um and you started to look into like texas and different opportunity right yeah ruminating
1: uh i think ruminating is a word that that i i like to think about a lot because the peers that i was surrounding myself with um they tend to want to talk about the negative stuff Mm -hmm. and it's really i think going down the path of gossip is so less resistive like there's no resistance at all right there's no friction when you want to talk about negative stuff yeah. wow. there's a lot of friction when you want to be positive like being happy and being a positive person and trying to try to look at the the good in everything
0: it takes a lot more effort mm. and so so default can default can be that negative that's side. right yes yeah, right and you're t- when you're tired yeah and, and so sometimes it makes good. you feel like better right it makes you almost feel better like tired. talking my ass yeah it's so great to talk smack <laughs> no but you were good yeah <laughs> <laughs> you were the top <laughs>
1: so yeah i looked and i and i i took a trip and i went out to texas and uh uh you know i was hoping to find something else that 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 I found just after I was there for like five days, I think, and I think it was only 24 hours later that I started looking at myself, and I'm like, what, what is, what am I missing in my right? Why am I here? Right. Like, I need to be back with my family. I need to be with my team. Like, I just need to tell my my peers or my managers like where I'm at. Yeah. Like I need to speak up. I love that. And and I did. I came home and uh, and I sat down with them, and I just I just kind of like laid it on the line. And they had no idea. <laughs> they had no idea. And so it's like, shame on me.
0: Well, there's kind of that there's that feeling a lot of times that we you default to in life where you think that other people know what you're thinking. Yeah, right? You kind of think, well, how would they not know? But if you don't tell them, they obviously don't know. And I think in this job, it's safe to assume that your leaders want what's best for you. Yeah. And so if you feel like you don't have a path to grow, or you're not getting support that someone else is rather than making an assumption about the leaders that they're trying to intentionally withhold something from you, go to them and, and say, Hey, listen, here's how I feel. And you're going to get, you're going to get what you need when you ask for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Rather than just like having this expectation and assuming, you know, it's, it's the, the same. wiki wheel gets the green. Yeah. Right. And you, and you just want to have open lines of, of communication. I really, I really love that because Everybody's been in that place where you were, right? Yeah. Where you don't feel like you're getting what you need, or you don't feel like maybe your purpose is super clear. And you have to, I love that instead of like blaming, looking out, you got, you were there, but then you, you thought, well, I need to be introspective here and realize that like there are opportunities to grow. And the people who are here want to see me grow. And I think that's something that's really unique about our culture is, that ability right yeah, well, to groom get what you need default
2: right i'll chew the grow, and i don't think we sometimes as leaders we we don't give that clear vision as well as we should and so i think that's actually a good way to put it is come and speak and that's one thing i had respect about you is you you were definitely open and honest with like how you felt and like what was missing and all that stuff a couple yeah. of f-bombs <laughs> <laughs> several i remember that conversation yeah, yeah. <laughs> really well well, you, you were there, but the cool part is, too, is, like, you also came to me and you said, like, why should I not go to this company? Like, what do you do? And then you you, you sat back and you humbled and I said, like, this is my experience and this is what I've experienced in my career and this is why I'm where I'm at. And then you said, you know what, honestly, I needed that. Cool. Yeah. I, and then you trusted me, right? So, so dude, you, you're the man, dude. We love it. It's, it's, it's cool. I mean, I know
0: just being here with you guys, I could see how much influence you have with the team, which is really cool. And then Knowing that each year you've been here, you've made more money than the last year. you're making really good money. And now in a squad leader role, um, also being able to build on that influence and grow as a person. Um, last thing is is just what would, for a, for a new rep, just walking in the door, what would be your number one piece of advice for them? Be a sponge. Don't think that you're going to take some,
1: uh, let's see. Yeah, it's just, you got to be a sponge. You have to absorb all the information from the people who are on the board uh, around you. Like, if you're going to ask for advice, take it, sponge it up. Yeah. You know, I love that. And and do the hard stuff because this is not easy work. Like, they don't pay us the way they pay us because it's easy. Right.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Ryan Kelsey, that was amazing, dude. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Excited to see what you do over the next few years, man. Yeah, I love you guys, Matt.